live from London. This is the drive home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is the drive home show with me, Seb. What are the best options for students of practical subjects at Key Stage Five? We'll be chatting to my guest Lucy Hall about the UAL diploma course that she offers. Also, what are your reflections on last term and what are your hopes and fears for term two? Get in touch as usual through the Podbean app, uh, click the call in button or send me a message to join the conversation. Live from London, this is The Drive Home with Seb Ventura on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a lovely half-term break. Uh, I know some people have been off two weeks um, or are in week one of two weeks or you may be unlucky and only have one week. Uh, but anyway, look at it. I'm pretty sure there's nobody at work today, unless, of course, you are listening from abroad, um, in which case you might be on a different timeline. So if you are driving home from work or you're at work, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. But um, good luck to you. For everybody else, which I presume will be the majority of my listeners today, um, I hope you're having a great half term. The weather's been pretty kind down here in London. Very beautiful day today. Um, don't know what the temperature was, but for considering it's nearly November. It's pretty crazy, although slightly worrying from a climate point of view. Um, but yeah, I hope you've had a great week. You've managed to see friends and family. Uh, you've managed to catch up on any house chores or jobs you need to do. Maybe you've just left your school work completely behind and you haven't thought about that at all. That is also good. Um, but I know other people like to listen to the show or also like to do a little bit of schoolwork just so to keep on top of it. I just saw a tweet actually early on from someone saying they like to work in the holidays because they like to just chunk away a little bit so that things become manageable. So it might be marking or planning. Um, and actually, sometimes quite nice to do that when you haven't been at work all day and you've got a bit of a fresher mind and you're not so tired, I guess. But anyway, um, welcome to any of my listeners that are already with us, to Dorian and Seema. Thank you for joining. Um, we will be looking at two topics today. So the first one is kind of a little bit for skewed towards drama teachers, but this will also possibly apply to other subjects. So ultimately, uh, what we're going to be looking at is, are A-levels really the best uh, best way to assess and teach students of practical subjects? So obviously a student may not be sure what they want to do. And of course, that's where A-levels are excellent uh, for you to choose three or four subjects. Um, that you uh, pick on and then you specialise from there. Um, but for some subjects, that doesn't work. I may have a caller now. Hello, is there someone there? No, we must have been in a accidental button press. Um, but yeah, so uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so if you teach, let's say, the arts, uh, if you teach um, sports, photography, fashion, business, media, those kind of subjects, um, quite often the A-level is very academic, very text-based, very, all, it all revolves around a written exam of 40 or 50%, whatever it is at the end. And really for practical subjects, that isn't really the best way A, to assess the kids, B, to check, you know, check their progress and also teach them the practical skills they need. Um, because if you're in the theatre or you're, if you're in sport or the media, 
it, they are subjects, these are areas where you're going to have to work with other people in teams, you're going to have to cooperate, you're going to have to be creative, um, problem solve, and those skills aren't really addressed, I don't think, by sitting in an exam hall. So this is not an A-level bashing show, please don't think that's what this is about at all. Um, and it's also not to say that BTECs don't already uh, fulfill this role, and obviously there's the, the prospect of T-levels coming down the line. Um, but what I'm looking at today is alternatives to both of those. So my guest, Lucy Hall, who I interviewed earlier in the week because she's away today, so wasn't able to join me live. But I've interviewed her earlier in the week. And in our interview, it's fascinating because she teaches a course which is created by the University of Arts of London, UAL. And so they've designed a course um, which is fully sanctioned and obviously has UCAS points, um, but is not um an a level or a btec so we're going to get into that with lucy so i don't want to sort of spoiler uh, alert that now but what i need your input in guys either through the messaging or click the calling button um and join me is if you are a school that offers something other than btec and a level um or even if you just want to chip in your conversation about what you think those limitations are in those subjects um, like I say, even if you don't teach drama, you may well teach fashion, art, photography, business, sport, any of anything like that. And and also the other kind of sideline to this, which uh, Lucy and myself ended up getting into, which I didn't expect, was it does come down to obviously your cohort, but also the school you're in. And I know we've talked a lot about this on Teach Talk Radio and on the Twitter about the school you're in and the leadership group and the culture of the school and the ethos. But it's such an important thing that it seems to run through every show that I do. It seems to come back to this in some way. So Lucy talks a bit about how she's lucky because of the supportive environment she's in and the kids that she's got. But again, is that such a factor? If you wanted to run a course, how restricted are you by your by your school? How much do people above you or in leadership less positions who have the decision? When I mean, when I say above you, the people who are going to make those decisions uh, about what options to offer kids how much autonomy do you get in saying no 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 we're going to do this course because I know for certain that is a very difficult thing to persuade uh, your head to change and also your team your faculty may not want to start you know getting their head around a new course you might have someone responsible for the data at the school who's not sure about how you're going to um you know, check the results or improve the results. So there's a lot of complications with this topic. It's not quite as simple as saying, yeah, here's a great course, let's all join, which I'm sure everybody is aware. But if you are a younger teacher or a newer teacher, um, it's worth just, you know, flagging that up, that changing a course can be quite disrupting um, when you've got existing practice, but sometimes it's the best. And of course, we always have to do what's best for the kids. So, just going to take a breath because that was a very long sentence. We're going to be talking about that with Lucy. Um, so please stay tuned, especially if you're a drama teacher. But even if you're not, stay tuned and listen to, you know, that interview, which is coming up um, probably around half past four. So in the meantime, we're going to be looking at our own courses that we teach. Plus, what I also want to get going, and we'll probably do this a bit later after the news, um, around five o'clock. I also want to start asking you guys out there are to do a little bit of an exercise. So I want you to sit there and close your eyes and reflect for a moment on last term, which many of us have probably already done. 
in some form or another, whether that's in the bath or in your garden or wherever. But I want you just to stop and take a breath and think about last term. What were the key things from last term? I'll call it T1 um that you were were learning curves for you so what things so send me a message in the chat if you don't want to call in that's fine you can just put a little message on the text and i'll read it out what were the things last term that you now think oh i learned a lot from that i'm not going to do that again um and and also what what you know what were things that you think did go really well and you think yeah i've, I've learned that that is something i'm going to do more and more and then obviously also i want to talk about term two because we're going to go back fairly soon. Some of us are going back on Monday. Um, what are your hopes and fears for term two? So it, it could be you're just worried about the COVID situation. It could be you're thinking ahead to assessments. Traditionally, the end of a, a second in secondary school, I'm not sure about primary, but in secondary, at the end of um, the second term, you usually would have a big chunky assessment, whether it's a mock exam or an end of term test, because you're at the end of an old school term aren't you before we split everything into little terms so are you worried about those assessments are you worried about the validity of them are there still massive gaps that you're trying to plug because of covid do you think that's getting better or are people worried that at any point now suddenly we're going to plunge back into zones and masks i haven't seen the data on the covid for a few days i know that's terrible but i kind of you know i looked at it every day for a long 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 time and now i just kind of it just becomes normalized doesn't it but um I know the cases the last time I looked were pretty high. Um, so I don't know what, what's going to happen with that. Um, and good news, on just on a sideline, good news about the, the budget as well in terms of teachers and nurses and public sector that, you know, that freeze is going to be going, which in real terms, you know, probably means we're not going to get a great deal more money. And we've actually had our money cut technically over the last few years, but at least without getting political about it, at least there's a step in the right direction to um, helping us close that gap between the cost of living and our salary. So yeah, good news on that. I'm not sure when that kicks in, probably not to be next September. Anyway, so I'll leave that because that's probably on the news and I'm probably spoiling the news as well. Okay, so let's just have a, a second just to refocus. Thank you to everyone who's joined me. Uh, it's 10 past four now uh, on Thursday the 28th and we're fully into half term. Uh, fully relaxed, hopefully, um, and ready to chat about some teaching stuff. So the main thing we're looking at, if you've just joined me, is Key Stage 5 courses, non-A-level. So there is an overlap with BTEC. If you want to phone in and talk about BTEC, you're more than welcome. Uh, if you feel like these courses, we shouldn't really be doing them anyway, then again, call in and we'll have that debate. Um but I would hope that most people feel that there is a need for these type of courses, particularly um, depending where you are, but in certain cohorts and in certain students that are very skilled in those areas um, that want to pursue a career in the arts or in sport or in media or business even that need to do a course which prepares them better either for uh, a, uh, an apprenticeship or a, to go into the world of work because not everybody does go to university. And even if you do want to go to university, my, my degree course was very, very practical. And, and I felt there were people there. I remember one man, one young man who I met and he, he was he was flying when we got there and he'd done a BTEC national diploma, whereas I'd done A-levels. And he just got it straight away. Whereas for me, it was a real struggle to get my head around working in a practical way and, and not as many, not as much essays and, you know, 
not as much other stuff. Seema says, what is your degree in, Seb? Thank you for contributing. My degree was BA Drama and Theatre Studies. Um, so we didn't even, you know, there was written work. Of course there was, there was reflections, there was, there was research, lots and lots of other stuff. But ultimately the majority of it was acting and rehearsing and performing and design and production. Now, again, had I done a VTech course, I probably would have had a more of a grounding, whereas the step from, you know, books and writing essays in an exam hall uh, was was totally different. Uh, Seema's replied, wow, sounds good. Not something I could ever do. I can't remember what your subject is, Seema. Let us know. Um, you're probably maths or science if you're saying that, although that's a little bit. Oh, history. Sorry, I, was, I, uh, I made a judgment there. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I have taught history. I've taught key stage three history. Uh, before to fill a gap um, which I did I think we did British Empire uh, and all that kind of jazz um, which was good fun actually I did enjoy teaching it but I am um, I have to say um, I take my hats off to classroom teachers because it's so different when you do a practical subject you don't need as much glue stick scissors books uh, and faff so um, yeah well done to all those people who do that I know a lot of people say oh god how can you teach drama they come into my room and they see all the noise and they think oh it's so noisy but actually, it's usually kids doing the work um, and it sounds like it's a nightmare. It sounds like chaos. But if you know what you're doing in, in terms of teaching drama, then you know that that's a welcome, welcome noise sometimes. OK, I digress. We've gone off on one there a little bit. But anyway, so those are the two things. Just to recap, I'll put them in the chat at the top there in the text um, that we're going to discuss. Practical subject at Key Stage 5. What are the options out there for A-levels? Um, beyond A-levels and BTECs, are there other qualifications that you guys teach? And the second thing we're going to talk about more after the news, so this is what I want you all to be thinking about whilst you're listening or jot down, what were the things from term one, your big learning curves and your reflections on things you did, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't do well and things you want to do better or things that went really well. And also term two, uh, what are you looking forward to and what are you worried about um, coming up to uh, the, the business end of the year. Um, just remember, guys, those newer teachers that are out there, it may feel like you've got a long slog. But when we do get to Christmas, which everyone will tell you, especially when the clocks go um, change on the weekend, is that it does become quite, um, can be quite depressing when you're getting home and it's dark already. Um, and obviously everybody gets tired, the kids get tired. Um, you, then you have the hype build up to Christmas, which sends kids crazy by you know, the 12th of December, 13th of December. Um, so yeah, it is a tough, tough term. But what you have to remember, guys, is that you get to Christmas, you haven't, you're not two terms in really, you've actually done half the year, because the way the year works, obviously, you do the majority of term uh, teaching in those 14 weeks. And then actually, you're, you're then on the home straight after January. And there's lots of bank holidays and half terms. And, you know, it starts turning into summer so it can get bleak and if you do if you're if you're feeling tired and run down and feeling like you can't do it anymore please trust me you can um i nearly quit after my nqt year at christmas because i thought i can't do this anymore and my parents said to me don't don't quit have a holiday and go back and i went back in january and, and it all just sort of seemed to slot in and was better so that's my big big bit of well-being advice for today okay so we're going to take a quick ad break and don't go away and we will be talking a bit more about these uh, topics uh, straight after that. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, 
Floppy's phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people-pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and the Emotionally Intelligent Leader courses? All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Okay, so if you just joined us, uh, welcome. Um, hope you're having a lovely half term. And whatever you're doing, please get in touch. Uh, send us a message. Tell us what you're up to, um, may, where you're listening from. I'd like to know, are you chilling in the garden? Are you in the car? Um, what are you doing? Are you, are you indoors? Are you doing jobs? Are you going around the house, you're doing the washing up. Uh, how do you listen to Teacher's Talk Radio? That would be fascinating to find out. Um, remember, anybody that calls in does get a Teacher's Talk Radio mug, um, which is a lovely white spanking, um, uh, nice um, ceramic mug to drink your coffee or tea from with a nice Teacher's Talk Radio logo on. So we've got lots of those to give away. Um, and also, I have to quickly say thank you so much to our followers on Twitter because we broke through the 8,000 follower barrier a few days ago actually so we were just short of of that and so we did a bit of competition uh, which we like to do on teach talk radio uh, on the twitter um just to you know get people following us and we managed to get an 8,000 follower who also got a mug sent to them so that's um also worth uh, looking at guys um but yeah i would say thank you to everyone who's already followed us and please keep spreading the word because the bigger we can make this show and all the other shows that obviously go on through the whole week it's not just about me um the bigger we can get these conversations the more you can network uh and the more we can support each other so yeah so good good one on that so today we're looking at two topics so the first one which i want people to get in touch with me about either through the text or through calling in uh upon the podbean is um Key Stage 5 courses in practical subjects. So what courses are there that you know about other than A-levels and BTECs that provide an excellent education for young people that provide the skills and possibly more vocational skills um, to prepare them for a career in um, the arts or the media or business or sports, science, etc. Uh, are there any courses that you already know that exist that you teach at your school? Um, or um, if you want any more information about them, then obviously now's the time to dig. Um, and we will be talking to, in about 10 minutes, I'll be speaking to Lucy Hall, who is a drama teacher, but who runs a UAL 
course, a diploma course in performance and production. And she speaks very highly of this course. And um, it's something if I had the opportunity to, I would probably um, investigate this more and try and run at my schools. Um, but I'm not in a position to be able to do that at the moment. But um, it is it is something that if you're an arts teacher or a drama teacher listening in, um, then I, I um, implore you to listen carefully because she really does give it a good sell. Not that she obviously works for anybody in, in particular or the UAL or organisation, but she does um, describe it in a lot of detail. So we'll be talking to Lucy. Amongst other things, we kind of veer off into other conversation areas. Um, when I spoke to her earlier in the week, and I thank Lucy again now publicly for giving me her time in half term, um, which I massively appreciated. So we'll, we'll talk to her in a moment. Um, and then the other thing I want people to get in touch with is I'm interested in your reflections from last term, um, good and bad, and also your hopes and fears for term two. So I'm not going to throw that out there without telling you mine. So I had a little think. And what I thought was my reflections for last term were um, about the concept of I really, really started to see this whole area where people talk about um you know not reteaching something uh because it's not gone well the first time so the idea of making it stick better the first time you teach something and getting the students really understanding a, a concept which might be difficult in lots of different you might approach it from lots of different ways um but getting that lesson let's say it's a new topic getting that lesson right in a way that, that the activities are done in a, a scaffolded way that kids really, students really, really understand what it is or the penny drops. Now, obviously, you can't make that happen for every single kid. But if you can do that with the majority properly and then follow that up maybe a few days later or a week later with some retrieval on it, then it's much, much more likely. I'm, I'm thinking specifically here really of, of science who have a lot of content. And it really made me realise last term having saw seen a few science lessons that there is no help for anybody if you just think I've got to get through, I've got to get to the next topic. Because if you rush through, let's say, five, six lessons to get to the end of term and you don't cover it in depth and you don't pause, check the understanding and really, really dig deep down on what the kids have understood from what you've taught them and the misconceptions, then there is no point because you're only really doing surface level skimming. And then when you come to go over it, you're having to they'll go oh, i don't know oh, can you tell you can teachers this again and that's why although people want to get through curriculum you know when they're on a timeline i understand that and there's a lot of content particularly science but you can apply this to every subject really but my takeaway from last term i guess is just that it's better to do it properly in depth even if that takes you longer in the first instance because then you will save time at the end because you won't have to go over it and over it and over it. I guess it's the same as what people say about key stage three being the lost years. If we, if we just forget about them and then you get to GCSE, you're trying to teach cram everything and it doesn't really work. Um, so that was my takeaway from last term. And then my hopes and fears for next term, for term two are, I mean, I'm sure this, is, this, will, have, this will chime with a few people, but I am worried about the COVID coming back. I'm worried about the zones. Um, having seen this term, or last term, you know, how much calmer schools are and how much teachers, the corridors and everyone being able to get on with their job without zones. Um, even if you have to wear masks, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But I think zoning the kids and having them staying in the same classroom all day 
is just it's a nightmare. Um, I mean, please, if you disagree, please let us know if you think, no, that's what we should do. We obviously can't open windows all winter because it will get cold. Um, and what happens, you know, with the flu and the bugs that start coming out. So I am worried about what what the knock on will that be? I just even if we can get to Christmas without that, then at least kids will have done two proper terms. And even if we have to have January, some form of zoning or closures, at least we'll have got the bulk of the learning. And I'm uh, my other mother hopes so that assessments go well next term. I think there's a lot of students um, that I come into contact with that have assessments in drama or end of term performances or end of term exams. So hoping all that goes well and that we get there so that they can do those and we can properly assess where people are at and the gaps. So anyway, that's my hopes and fears and that's my reflections. Please, please join in and let me know yours um, from term one and term two. If you want to put it on the text rather than call in, that's fine. Just put T1 or T2 um, to refer to, you know, what you're talking about. Um, will make it easier. So, um Okay, so that, that's one of the things we're talking about. And obviously today we're also talking about Key Stage 5 options. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play uh, my interview from earlier in the week with Lucy Hall. And I, obviously during this interview, it is pre-recorded. So if you want to um, interact with anything she says, that's fine. Send me a little text and I'll pick that up as we go along the end. Um, uh, but obviously don't call in, call in straight away because um, it's a pre-recorded interview. You won't actually be able to ask Lucy any questions. Um, but at the end, of course, um, save them up and then you can call in, uh, click the call in button. And uh, unless you're listening to this on a podcast, of course, if you're listening live, um, give me a call in and, and you know, just respond to what Lucy said. And if there's anything you want to dig a bit deeper on um, and we can do that. So I'm going to um, pop the interview on now. It's really interesting. Um, and I think if you teach drama and even if you don't and if you teach Key Stage 5, I think there's a lot um, that you will get out of this interview. So I'm going to just press play. I think the beginning might be a bit weird. Um, right. Okay. So I'm here with Lucy Hall, who's given up her time uh, in half term to talk to me about the drama courses that she offers at her school. How are you, Lucy? I'm really well, thank you, Seb. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying my half term, as I'm sure everybody else is. Um, Right, we've got you on today uh, really to talk about, we're mostly focusing on Key Stage 5. Okay. So obviously at the moment, the options for most drama teachers in the country are to, to choose for their students to either do some form of BTEC course, uh, an A-level course, um, or whatever else uh, they want to do. But they're the main, main players in this. And obviously most of us have to choose between an academic route or a more vocational route, depending mm. on cohorts that we have now lucy did something very interesting how long have you been at your school now lucy oh i want to say about nine years now wow okay that... it, feels, it feels like it's only been two no it feels like it goes really quickly doesn't it yeah sort of nine to ten years i think now okay and when you started that school what was the provision for key stage five so a level just a level yeah. and what, what numbers do you have I mean, I, I, we're a really small um, independent school, so I should caveat everything that I'm I'm going to discuss today to say that I do work in the independent sector. Right. Yeah, okay. it's a, it is a really small little school, but usually we have an uptake of about ten students doing, uh, you know, drama-based sort of key stage five um, okay. courses. Yeah. And that's about how many you've got. So when you started working there. 
Did you have 10 students on the A-level course? No, absolutely not. Sorry, that's sort of looking at current yeah, yeah, cohorts. Yeah. So what were the numbers when you started then? I mean, could be... When I first started the job, I had one student in my A-level class. Right, okay. So was that viable? Did the school let you run it with one or two kids? Yeah, so that was that was a, a course that obviously I inherited um, from, you know, my predecessor. So obviously they were halfway through the course by then. Um, they actually had had a couple of kids drop out because we were at that stage where it was, you know, where you could still do the AS. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then sort of finish um, at the end of year one or year 12. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it, viable in, in what way? What do you mean? I, mean? I know that there are some schools and, and people listening will, will maybe concur mm. with this or get in touch if you uh, with your numbers. It'd be interesting to know how many mm. other drama teachers listening, what your numbers are. But I know certainly at schools I've worked at, they ended up being a minimum figure that if we didn't reach that, for example, if we didn't get over four or five, then either the course wouldn't run or, you know, you'd have to combine it with 12s and 13s in a class together. Oh. So that's what I mean by viable. Like, was there a, a target number? Sure. So that, that's, that's quite similar because also what you have to consider is the student's experience. And yeah. with something like drama and theatre studies, it isn't, you know, something that's really taught in, in isolation and, and for an individual student. Yes, there, there can be elements but they need to collaborate. They need to work with other people. So we would have sort of a minimum uh, of three students. Right. Okay. So obviously that would be, that would work. Three kids, uh, yeah. level drama. Um, and then, so what talk, so basically just to give context to the listeners, um, Lucy is going to, we're going to talk a bit more in detail, but what Lucy did was then to introduce a course which may not be so familiar to everybody, although it is an established course that is run by various institutions, including the Brit School. Um, so what is this qualification that you teach? And tell us a bit about why you went for that qualification, Lucy. Yeah, sure. So actually, I should say before uh, the, the current course that I'm teaching now, we did introduce the BTEC. Right. Um, because what we found, um, for, for a particular a, a particular year group we had a core group of kids that we just recognized were not going to access the traditional a-level path but they were particularly gifted in performing arts and we wanted to retain them we wanted them to to give them an opportunity to to have that vocational experience post um, GCSE. So we did teach the BTEC uh, for a couple of years actually, and it was a successful course. Um, but then what happened is that they changed the BTEC. Yes. And suddenly um, it was driven, it seemed by an assessment that wasn't in line with the, the fundamental principles of vocational teaching yeah. or, or, or training. Sure. And they started to sort of bring in these exam sort of ass assessments that we just felt, well, I was sort of looking at the, the, the new spec that I just felt kind of went against um, the, the BTEC. You know, if they're going to do that, the kids should just do the A-level. Absolutely, yeah. So 
I started to do some research um, looking at if there were any alternative courses. And I came across um, the UAL, which is the University of Arts London, which for some of your listeners may know is a, a, an arts-based university in London. Nice. So you might recognize them particularly for the visual arts, photography, fashion, etc. Um, and they actually offer uh, a, a diploma course, a level three extended diploma course, which is an equivalent to three A-levels. Mm -hmm. So what interests me in particular about the UAL was that it was a course um, designed by a university that specialised in arts and not a business exam board. You know, your AQAs, your Excels, not naming or shaming anyone here. No, no, yeah. But it, and from my understanding of it, the reason why they have started to offer this is that they felt that there was, they were receiving too many children or students at university level that were ill prepared for um, an arts based degree. Right. So they, in conjunction with kind of other sixth form centres, they started to look at how can we plug the gaps and they felt that that they could offer design this course to, to help bridge the gap. Right. That's interesting because that that touches on a show that I did a few weeks back with a guy called Carl Dunnington, uh, who he works in Poole in a grammar school. And but he but Carl, Carl may, may well be listening. Um, but Carl um, was he works for um, Open Drama, and they they were talking. He was talking a lot about this issue, and we had a big debate mm -hmm. about how much an A level. The argument we were having was how much an A level has a responsibility to prepare students for a degree, mm -hmm. and when you do an arts subject, that there is a massive gap between yes, the, the A level result might get you to uni, but then when you get there, it's nothing to do with what you do. Um, so that touches a bit upon what we discussed there. So with with that course, so obviously that's worth three A levels. So you you do still run the A level with your with kids who only want to do the one. Yeah, of course. And there's still you know a really healthy uptake of the A level. I I still personally really love teaching um, the A level as much as I love teaching um, the UAL. You know, obviously it's a, a different a different type of kid, a yeah, different kind yeah. of student. But but also. You know, you'll have students that do the A level that possibly don't know yet no, what they no. want to do, so, so they feel that they. Is this more for kids who who definitely know they want to go down that route because it's taken all their options up, isn't it? Yeah. So you definitely got to have an and and I I would say also the outcome doesn't necessarily have to be uh, performance related either. Oh right, so um, the design aspect to it as well. Yes, because it's called the UAL Level 3 Extended Diploma in Performing and Production Arts. Okay. As so how, I, how does that work then in terms of like a BTEC? I know with the BTEC you could um, do core units and then mm. specialise, but quite often mm. I know at the school me and you have worked out in the past, you know, mm. there would be a technical route and there would be a performing route. So how does it work with the, is it modular or do can, can students do a bit of both or do they have to make those choices? 
Well, I suppose it, what, what the great thing about the course is, is that you can bespoke it to oh. your centre. Okay. So un, unlike the BTEC where it was, you have units, don't you? So if I'm yeah. thinking, you know, theatre and education, yeah. um, physical theatre. Yeah. So they're great units, but they're kind of taught separately. Whereas the UAL, you, it's almost if you think of a staircase where you're building skills all the time. And the idea being that each project follows on from the previous. So it's really reflective. Right. Um, after each project, you'll have, you know, it's interspersed with milestone meetings. You have feedback with students at the end of each assessment, but they're not given a mark. Right. So if, if we think about, um, so sorry, I'm sort of going off the point because I know you're oh, asking me about it, that this production element of it. So to headline that answer, absolutely, because the way we deliver the course, we kind of design it. So the first year is almost like a foundation of building up skills. We introduce them to elements of dance, uh, acting and singing. But we also, there is also a unit where they have to do a production unit. So right. even if they want to be an opera singer or, you know, a choreographer, yeah. they will still have to do yeah. this production unit just to give them an experience. And then the second year, they sort of build on that. And ultimately, they decide what they want to do for their final project. In the old school money, they're FMP. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they decide what they want to do, having done these sort of last 18 months, kind of having the opportunity to experiment. And I think that's with the BTEC, really, and possibly with the A-level, the, the freedom to experiment is limited. Yeah, and I think backing up, it sounds really fascinating, actually, the course, but that sounds like, to me, a lot like the old BTEC, before you know those spec changes and again a bit like the you know the gcc's but once those spec changes came in through obviously a change of government mm -hmm. etc all those reasons why we know about um but you know suddenly all this text-based exam-based written work sitting in a mm -hmm. hall that did change that landscape so that does sound like the old btec the only question i would have is how how so at the end they all get the same um title to their certificate or do they get mm -hmm. something on their qualification that says you know dance version design no. version or not so for for students that i mean again i will caveat everything that we are a really really small center and i really appreciate that we perhaps have a little bit more freedom than perhaps yeah. other centers and also fe colleges which i know um deliver this course as well where they kind of have huge um cohorts of of yeah. students so actually they can kind of specialize in musical theater for example yeah. so that would be their pathway that they would choose at the end of yeah. their second year but they get the same title certificate yeah yeah because i know that's with the btec course sometimes it was this thing of if you've done x amount of units then you'll end up with a really long-winded and that weird calculation yeah. system. Yeah, national diploma level six in foundation yeah. slash technical theatre with a choreography background or whatever. Yeah, so sure. it gets so they get the same thing. So then that you kind of answered this really, but in terms of specialist teachers, uh, how many people do you have teaching that course? Is it just yourself, or do you have 
No, myself, yes, I teach on it. We have another acting uh, drama specialist. Uh, we have a dance specialist and we have a singing specialist as right. well. So there's four of us. Okay, and then that obviously informs the decisions of the kind of projects you do, or do you, do you, would you change it drastically if you had a cohort one year with uh, an amazing break dancer in it, or you had an amazing... amazing. I would love that. Uh, or, or, or um, well, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm too old now. But uh, if you, or if you had like an amazing sound design, or someone's really into say sound, would yes. you change it because of the kids, or are you able just is yeah, it but stock? Yeah. So sorry, uh, Seb. So that's totally the beauty of the course is that you bespoke it to the students' needs, and. You know, for us particularly, our whole school, school approach is extremely child-centred. So, which is why, I, like I said, I'm very grateful that we get the support that we, yeah. we're able to offer this um, as an alternative to the A-level. Yeah. So, for example, if I just think of, you know, and also the last couple of years have just been a bit crazy anyway, haven't they? I think yeah. for, for everybody. But if I think back to the, 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 our previous year, we had one student who was a, a beautiful singer, really lovely, um, wasn't really keen on acting. But as she went through um, the course, she, she wanted um, to investigate makeup and, you know, looking at prosthetics, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... In the second year, there is a specialist investigation project where students have the freedom to investigate um, an area of the performing arts that they want to. So it's not set by any um, spec or anything. They have the freedom to do it. So in many ways, um, I sort of align it with when you do your dissertation at university, you know, you just have this kind of freedom to kind of investigate and have this sense of inquiry and independent learning and I think if we go back to the skills that are required for university that's where we start seeing them really um, come out with the UAL so if I think back to this student she really went down this path of investigating kind of horror makeup etc and it was very clear by the time we got to uh, the final unit, we'll call it the FMP, mm. that that was something that she wanted to be assessed on. So what we were able to do, we actually did um, Blythe Spirit. Um, but because obviously there's the supernatural element of it, but also the fact that it was a period piece, she was able to kind of um, be assessed on makeup and special effects. But that, I mean, that sounds amazing in terms of being able to bespoke it. But I guess it's a bit of a minefield for you then because you could say, right, we'll do that play because that will allow us to give her that accent. Mm. And then you're obviously also balancing up the six, seven, eight kids that you've got also with maybe different interests. Yeah. Uh, so that must be a bit tricky to choose something you think, uh, or is it easy? I mean, I'm I putting... mean, that's why I'm here and I'm being an amazing teacher, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm joking. No, I'm totally joking. Yeah, it is. But I think um, it makes, but that's what the, the great thing for you then as a teacher, it pushes you out of your comfort yeah. zone. It encourages you to think 
about what you're delivering and actually what's most important is the kids experience oh, of course yeah. and, and sometimes we forget that don't we and mm -hmm. and again this isn't kind of a criticism at all because we've all been there but but actually it, it kind of makes you think okay what can we do um and so far touchwood we've been lucky where we have been able to accommodate i haven't been in that situation where someone's going completely off piece that we can't find a project to kind of put these kids in together yeah i mean i think personally and again i don't want to upset anyone who you know might be listening eg you know paul webster or anybody at pearson or whatever but you know i, I one of the things i found frustrating with the a level was the lack of choice in terms of text because yeah there's a big choice and yeah there's units where they say as long as it doesn't clash you know with mm -hmm. text you can they do give you a lot of freedom i'm not saying they don't but that whole academic angle of right these are the best plays you know these are the, the set you know these are the ones you've got to do uh i don't know i think if you've got those kids in front of you haven't taught at a school where you know it was quite a deprived area mm -hmm. uh, then you're forced into i get the written exam you have to obviously have a set text so that everybody's doing the same thing but in terms of, you know, the exploratory or the directing or the monologues, do you know what I mean? Whereas that sounds like with this course, you can be a lot more, hey, let's be creative. Let's try and work together and find a play that will fit this group rather than having to look at, oh, well, we've got to do something by, you know, whoever it is that's on a list because it's, um, you know, seen as one of the best plays, you know, ever kind of thing. Yeah, totally. You can be, you can be far more experimental in your teaching and which I think in turn feeds down to the kids the element of risk taking so if we go back if we sort of compare it to an A-level model where yeah. I think across all of the exam boards you have three components don't you yeah. and there is an element where you can experiment and prepare for the device you can experiment prepare prepare sorry for the for the text performance but ultimately that's sort of 30 percent of a student's exam and and that's you know you can't mess it up for them I know, I know. you know it's it, it there has a weight to it mm. um whereas if i think of the ual because if we go back to kind of the step in the the kind of staircase model where they're allowed to do a project and actually they're allowed to fail the project or not do brilliantly on the project. And that forms part of that conversation to say, look, you know, what, what went well, what didn't go well, um, what can you take out, you know, to the next project? And then therefore it's kind of this kind of formative kind yeah, of process. Yeah, which you definitely, definitely don't get in the A-level for sure. No. It's, it's high stakes from the start. Uh, the first, you know, the pressure on you in year 12 to get at least one component done. And, yeah. and that's, a, you know, talking about that girl, though, it's interesting you saying about her in her second year, then deciding about makeup. It's not, OK, you're in week one of year 12. Come on, what do you want to do when you're 18? You've done the year foundation for them all. And then they're a lot older to be able to maybe make those decisions. Whereas, you know, the A-level thing, I always still feel like, by the time they get to January of year 13, they've, they've done three quarters of the course and then they're just actually starting to mature as students. Um, and it, it, it's almost too late a lot of the time. Um, what about the flip side though, Lucy? That there must be people listening. And again, get in touch um, mm -hmm. whilst I'm chatting to Lucy. If you want to um, 
you know, message me or, or join the debate about are the people out there that, that may feel that whereas experienced teachers that we both are, when you say not flippantly, but as you kind of say, yeah, we can be creative, we can be experimental, there may well be practitioner teachers out there who are a lot more less experienced than us who may fear that and actually might like the structure of, you know, the traditional wave, you know what I mean, because they're not given that freedom that might intimidate some people, I guess, or not, do you think? Oh, God, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question, Seb. Um, I suppose um, the, the, the thing with the, the, the UAL is that there is, a, you know, there is a matrix, you know, a, a, a marking matrix that, yeah. and, the, and a grading criteria that the kids have to meet. So you're always going to have that to support you. There are units that the kids have to cover as well. And, and perhaps, you know, if you do want to, if, you know, if any of your listeners do want to kind of go and investigate and have, you know, uh, and have a look into the course, it may, may be things that they're currently teaching now right. for their A-level that they can sort of borrow and blend. Yeah. So, so for example, if I look at my UAL and my uh, theatre studies group in year 12, so what um, I often do in that first sort of term one, or, or the definitely the term one of autumn term, is that we look at kind of building a character. Right. So in a very traditional way with theatre studies, I sort of prep them for their mock kind of text performance. So we look at an extract, we look at a practitioner. They're going to have to do a practitioner for devising. They're going to have to do a practitioner for text. Yeah. I always do stand just because it's just a really good one to introduce them to the fundamentals of kind of mining a text and kind of asking yeah. questions about their character. It, it's a really good, excellent yeah. foundation. With my UAL students, they are doing something similar. They're looking at how to build a character, but they're doing it through movement. They're doing it at um, telling a story through song, which is so important in musical theater. And then I also bring in kind of a bit of practitioner stand practice with them. So then when we look at these extracts, so for example, last year, um, oh, uh, we did a Tennessee, uh, not a Tennessee Williams, yes, Streetcar Named Desire, because I teach the Glass Menagerie for, um, theatre studies so it was a really good way of kind of introducing them to context etc but for my UAL group we had a look at it and then we just brought the UAL and the year 12s together so they they kind of worked collaboratively on something but I was able to kind of fulfill my teaching if you see my planning for them so don't ever be intimidated because you know my advice to be is that they you know teachers you know more than what you think you do and it's just you know thinking about what am I doing now could I use some of that in a different way that's what my advice would be I that's a really good answer Hopefully what, that what, makes sense sorry that was, that was a tricky question because I was I was just really playing devil's advocate for you know again the, the other side because I mean I know we get a lot of listeners and a lot of people on Twitter who are you know, mm. barely, you know, out of mm. training or NQT, ECTs. And I think sometimes it is easy for more experienced teachers like us to 
you know, just presume that, you know, oh, okay, that's good. That's cool. You can just, you know, vibe, you know, take that and adapt it. Sure. But at the same time, I think you answer that really well, because ultimately what you're saying is, I think that even if I was to go from an A-level course or go from something similar, you're going to have to do that anyway. Those things you talked about, devising scripts and practitioners, that's the building blocks of it all, isn't it? Really, yeah. there's, no, there's no exam board you're going to do that isn't going to make you do those three things, even at GCSE. So I think that is a good answer because what you're ultimately saying, you're not, it's interesting because it's not, you're not sounding as if it's kind of dumbed down. You know, this thing about BTEC sometimes of it's like, you know, well, you might do a really heavy text with your A-level lot and mm -hmm. then the BTEC will do a sort of, the dumb down, yeah, and we'll do bounces or whatever. But um, I think it's interesting because that when you talk about Tennessee Williams and, and those plays, is your answer was very um illuminating because what you're saying is same text, same context, but the approach is different, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You should never loads of long words. Let's let's actually just look at it from a more practical point of view rather than an, anal an analysis, um, pen and paper perspective i suppose yeah uh, absolutely it should never be just because kids are working in the studio they're up on their feet it should never be uh dumbed down or seen as you know a, a, a weaker alternative there is real rigor to the course again it's going to be sensitive dependent and yeah. also what students you have um yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I keep my kids kind of really working at a high level because ultimately if they are going, if they want to be actors and if they want to go and work, you know, at the National Theatre, they're going to have to learn how to unpick a text. Yeah. You know, absolutely. that yeah. that's what you're going to, you're going to have to do. Yeah, so. You have to access that, aren't you? And the same at university, they're still going to have to grapple with the academic side but it sounds like the approaches that universities take. Mm. I didn't even do a dissertation. I did a degree, but we never did a dissertation because at my university at Middlesex, the dissertation was basically uh, the unit. The last unit was called contemporary theatre. So you built for three years from Ibsen and, and all of that all the way up. And then the final unit was go and make a play on your own. We're not helping you. So in the same way as the dissertation, we had to basically stage the whole thing, rehearse yeah. it have a choose a director design team and you know that was very labor intensive and we learned loads from doing it um and, and what the great thing about that was is that you're not just learning something to repeat in an exam exactly exactly think of all the skills and the problem solving the exactly. sense of inquiry the creative exploration all of that that you had to do in that project and the teamwork because if i'd done a presentation on my own about some i don't know some question that i had to answer it's very solitary you know me sitting researching it doing writing whereas this was a team effort that we had arguments we had bust ups we had creative discussions that led to a, a great piece of theater and obviously we still there were still things probably really bad about it but but you know that was that was then what we had to reflect upon so at least in the 90s were the 90s Things we're showing our age now but you know oh, it's the 2000s sorry <laughs> um but what i mean is it was a team thing and so at the end i learned more about how a theater company works than i would have done in a million books or if i'd written an essay about it because actually that is what theater is mostly about it's not is groups of people working together 
you know. Sure, and you want to give the the, the kids a real world experience. Mm-hmm. That that's you know, I think if you ask yourself what's what's sort of the purpose of, yeah. of education and experience, and I suppose that's kind of going on to kind of what else we're delivering or what we're offering kids kind of at, at different stages. Yeah. School. And but it, go on, sorry, go on. No, I was, I was just, you know, it, it, it does make you think about how, how we are preparing mm. students um, for those next steps. I think that, and, and this is where, without getting too political, because I, I know um, we haven't got a lot of time left and I really appreciate yeah. Lucy giving up her time today. Yeah, sure. um, but when I spoke to Phil Beadle, uh, I don't know how much you know about Phil Bead or Lucy, but he he was on the show a few weeks back and he's written a fantastic book, The Fascist Painting. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, it, it, we had a big then discussion about the same things you're talking about, about, you know, these exams are written by ultimately, you know, by the system, if you like, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they're not set up, the government and the way that the country's set up in the UK and has now been for a long time, they're not setting them up to do a qualification that makes them that these things you're talking about sound very i love them but to somebody else in you know higher up they're too airy fairy they're not you know mm-hmm. not real careers they're not real jobs you know people aren't going to be actors when they're old you know that and that's why i feel the system is restraining people because the kids are enthusiastic and we're providing them an education but the courses aren't necessarily giving them that you know maybe the universities are but i'm not sure that the, the key stage five the way it is at the moment gives the gives those students the best opportunity well i suppose you know there will, there will always be an element of they're only as good as what they get you on to next yeah um but is but then i think you know that's a question that we ask ourselves as educators you know is that simply good enough you know we have you know we have the responsibility for these students experience for for the two years or if they've been with us you know yeah. longer how are we preparing them for those next steps i mean arguably you as we kind of go down to key stage four we can see you know it with gcse's they're sort of they're sort of had their sell by date you know arguably yeah um you know that may be you know that may be another topic for your um for, for your oh, next oh, yeah. uh, interviews that's that perhaps people people want to discuss or, or perhaps comment on because if we think the GCSEs were kind of it started when kids were leaving school at 16 we don't have kids doing that anymore no, so what is the purpose what is the purpose yeah and again I think just to sort of sum it all up really we started talking about this course at the beginning mm. because you had made a judgment as a practitioner and as a and as a teacher and an educator to give your students the best opportunity now like you have said you're lucky the school you're at in terms of the size etc however and you've made a decision which is fully based morally in the right place you haven't done it to get better results although obviously you want your students to do well it's not a cynical choice mm-hmm. for that reason and you are right you know i can think of hundreds of students i've taught over the years i've been teaching where of course, I want them to get the best grade, but I've had students, A-level students who've got C's or D's, but they've, they've, they've learned so, so much about themselves and, you know, the world we live in because we teach drama and, and expose them to themselves and vulnerabilities in performance. And, in you know, that that is more what I feel they've got out of it rather than just the letter 
on the certificate. Yeah, and that experience is, is priceless. Yeah. And something yeah. that they will talk about when they are, you know, Definitely. when they are older. I mean, everyone always says that, don't they? They always remember that and stuff that they've been in. But what I should say, what I should also mention, Seb, if, if anyone is thinking about looking at the UAL, another, you know, and I'm, I, I don't work for UAL, I'm not here to kind of promote it. I, I'm just obviously just talking about my experience of teaching it, is what also from a, a teacher's perspective is that once you apply to be a UAL centre, you will be visited by UAL. They will come and see you. You will submit your CVs, etc. But once you've been approved, they kind of just leave you alone to get on with it because they trust that you are a teacher, that you know the kids and that you can deliver the course. So what you again it's it's this kind of like oh i actually am doing what i wanted to do why i became a teacher that i'm just have that freedom to kind of design the program that i want to offer it to this particular group of kids that i have yeah. um there is a, an internal assessment process that we go through plus we are externally moderated but you get the moderator that comes into your center so you have a conversation about the kids' work. We seem to have lost that as well, even if I think back, you know, a couple of years ago, even after, an ex you know, you could have these conversations about the kids. We seem to have lost that. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I agree. But I think there's some, I think that the tension we have, and I've said this on many other shows with mm. uh, when we talk about drama is, you know, to, to finish on is the tension between we've got to give them the best experience but also, you know, we want them to get grades. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to be socially mobile. They're not going to be able to get further on in their life without some sort of... And the last, I just wanted to say before you go, Lucy, I'm sorry, we have had quite a long call. I appreciate your time. Um, and obviously the news will be coming up quite shortly, um, listeners. So please don't go away. Um, but just as we finish up, is the last thing I want to ask you is about the universities themselves. So mm -hmm. is there... What... what have you had any feedback from them about this as a qualification on people's uh, CV or is there a stigma attached to it or not? Or is it? Absolutely not. The, you know, it's weighted. Um, we, the, the, I think the distinction is equivalent to three A stars, uh, UCAS, if we're just talking kind of UCAS points, um, a, a merit is three Bs. Right. And the class is, I want to say three C's, um, just at the, at the top of my head. But it's completely, I mean, I've got kids that have gone on to uh, conservatoire education, to universities, and have gone on to work. It yeah. hasn't been a hindrance to... Yeah, but it's to got the points, then that, that's kind yeah. of, that's done it, hasn't it? That's given it that kudos. So, um, brilliant. All right, well, listen, if anyone wants any more information about that course... Um, I guess there's a website, Lucy, is there for UAL that they can... Yes, you from? just go to the UAL website, um, okay. Extended Diploma, and obviously if anyone wanted to get in touch with me, by you know, I'm very welcome to answer any questions about the course because I get, as, as you kind of quite rightly highlighted, it could be a bit overwhelming, but equally yeah. once yeah. you've started it, it's brilliant. Yeah, okay. Well, if you're happy to, if I get any listeners that contact me, or message me about wanting to know more while speaking to you, then I'll give them your email if that's okay. Um, and they no can contact you direct. But um, but thanks very much, Lucy. It's been really great talking to you about that and fascinating to hear uh, 
a, a different kind of option and maybe this will be a future um, qualification that will grow and grow um, for the students of tomorrow. Pleasure. Lovely to speak to you. Sarah. No, take care. See you take care. Bye, mate. Okay, so that was um, Lucy Hall there. and um, Oh, I just stopped that. Uh, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that. I'm just posting uh, Lucy's email address um, on the chat there. So if you're listening on the podcast uh, and you can't see it, then it is lucyhall07 at m for mother e.com me.com so i'm sure lucy will be more than happy to help uh if that's a course you're interested in or you want to find out a bit more how it works drop her an email i'm sure she'll get back to you um and yeah so thanks again publicly there to lucy for for giving up her time i know the interview went on a little bit longer than perhaps um we would have liked um but it's one of those ones where once you start digging uh, you can't stop, I suppose, or as the Pringles saying goes, you want your pop, you can't stop. Um, right, so what we're going to do, we're going to take five, we're going to have a news break, um, and then we'll um, reflect on what Lucy said, and we'll see if anybody wants to react to that by calling in. So if you want to call in, click the call in button now, or in a moment after the news, and join the debate about Key Stage 5 courses, and also let me know your reflections on Term 1 and your hopes and fears for Term 2. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Tom Hopkins-Burke. This is Tom Hopkins-Burke with your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. Millions of public sector workers, including teachers, are set to see their pay rise next year as a result of this week's budget. Paul Whiteman, General Secretary of the National Union of Head Teachers, has welcomed the reversal of last November's pay freeze, but he warned that the government needed to give schools the money to pay for extra salaries, else they will be faced with heartbreaking decisions. Kevin Courtney, Joint General Secretary of the NEU, said that Chancellor Rishi Sunak's announcement was big on promises but short on detail, adding that there is no mention of the £30,000 starting salaries that were also put on pause. Meanwhile, Small Business Minister Paul Scully, MP, refused nine times to say whether any pay rise would make public sector workers any better off financially. The British Psychological Society has called for isolation booths in schools to be banned. The BPS has argued that the use of isolation booths is not evidence-based and has not been proven to be effective. It has stated that isolation booths breach the UN Convention on the Rights of a Child and disproportionately affect the children and young people who need the most support. The BPS has called instead for a focus on building supportive environments to promote positive behaviour in children and young people. A new study is aiming to increase the number of young women and girls playing football. The study conducted by Loughborough University and the Football Association aims to explore how teaching methods influence girls' football experiences. The Football Association stated that it wants girls to have the same football experiences as boys in schools and clubs by 2024. Donna McIvor, Senior Development Manager at the FA, added that the ambition is to transform the PE learning experience for girls in primary schools and modernise the secondary school curriculum offer. That was your latest education news with Tom hopkins Burke. Thanks, Tom. Uh, good to hear Tom uh, back to the news again. Um, I haven't heard his voice for a while. Uh, I hope that all makes sense to everyone. Um, 
again, just to ref re reflect on that about the public sector pay freeze. I mean, again, I'm not one to be negative, but I was very excited when I saw that news and thought, oh, good, thank goodness we're back to some normality. But there is a negative always to everything, isn't there? Of Well, there's a, you know, a caveat that we've got to be careful that schools then aren't having to find the money to pay that extra money from somewhere else and have to cut something from somewhere else, which isn't fair. Um, but obviously we are entitled to our pay rise in line with inflation. Um, and the government should be helping schools sort that out. Um, thanks for the people liking the show. Evangelista, uh, Bands, um, Sido, lots and lots of different people. I can't read all the names because um, sometimes they're not quite um, legible with people's um, kind of logins. Uh, Linda and uh, in Ireland said hello. We also had someone from Zimbabwe and we had Lucas saying hello. So hello to everybody. Uh, that's joined us on Teach Talk Radio. It is uh, Thursday Drive Home with me, Seb. Well, again, although, as I said earlier, not many people should be driving home from work now unless you are teaching abroad or uh, you happen to have a weird half term that you've either had or is about to happen. But I think most of us in the UK will be on the half term. This is always coming up now to bank. We've got Halloween, so I hope you've all got your ghoulish outfits ready i know last year i dressed up as donald trump uh, with trump mask um which terrified most people i said that was the scariest thing they've ever seen and um, perhaps this year i need to get a bojo mask um to to uh, match the horror that i instilled in my local community as i walked around uh, bellowing god bless america um okay so yeah we've got halloween coming up um we had another round of football fixtures this week and of course a great uh, weekend last weekend for me personally watching Man United getting destroyed apologies to anyone out there who uh, is a Man United fan but I'm sorry I had to I couldn't not mention that um yeah and then uh, we've had the uh, Carabao Cup last night so that's my football update for those people who are regular listeners do they know that I always manage to get that in somewhere um but anyway so that was our um we've done our news break we've had our chat with Lucy and we've got about 20 minutes left just coming up to 10 past five um, as always, you can click call in on the Podbean app. It's very simple to do. Uh, you can message me, text me through the chat function as well if you don't want to call in. Anybody who does call in gets a mug sent to them. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking at a couple of things. So moving away from that debate, unless you want to carry on uh, commenting on what Lucy said, that's absolutely fine. But also what I wanted to talk about today, as well as that um, Key Stage 5 course, was um, about looking at last term and looking ahead to the term we're about to have. So what are your hopes and fears? Um, what are the things that you think you did well last term that went brilliantly that you're going to do again? Uh, what are the mistakes maybe you made or maybe you didn't? Or things that you think now, oh, I didn't really handle that conversation well or that relationship well with that student or that member of staff. Maybe it's something simple you want to think, oh, do you know what, I need to just say thank you to someone or um, or maybe it's something about your planning. Maybe you delivered a few lessons you weren't happy with. And now just reflecting over half term, you're thinking, oh, you know what? I could have tweaked that. So, again, I'm not sure how much people are doing over holidays, how much people are reading pedagogy books, how much work you've got marking or curriculum planning. Um, but of course, this this is a debate we always have. Um, some people like to switch off completely, never think about teaching until they go back. Other people like to just keep on top of things. Uh, so it doesn't snowball. Um, some people, I find personally the best time for me to 
do non-teaching stuff, as in non-stuff not about my own lessons or my own work, is to end up either listening to the other people's radio shows from Teach Talk Radio, or I might uh, watch some stuff on YouTube about education, or I might just read uh, one of the, the pedagogy books that I've bought. Um, the, the most recent one, actually, while we're on that subject, that I've read was the the curriculum book. Um, now, well, I want to, I want to get a name wrong because I got it wrong the other day, and um, I was a bit embarrassed about that. I think it's Claire Claire Hill who works actually also for Research Ed Kent, um, and I know they have got a um, conference coming up in Kent in the next few weeks. So I saw that when I was looking up Claire's. Um, background um i'm just yes yeah, so it's symbiosis the curriculum and the classroom um by cat howard and claire hill so i didn't want to get that wrong so that's a sort of black book with some sort of gold chains on the front dna kind of chains and um, really really good it, it gets quite um deep and wordy towards the end uh in areas that i kind of thought not necessarily helpful in terms of day-to-day -day teaching however the actual structure of the book the way it's written the common sense attitudes to curriculum was really really good and i really enjoyed that so that was my latest one so yeah so half term um you may treat you differently you may not have listened to this show you may be listening back to it in a, in a week or so you may be abroad um which is another thing let me know on the chat if you've if you've either been abroad or you're going abroad next week perhaps because a lot of my son's friends are going to Dubai, they're going to um, France, they're going to Egypt, lots of people going all over the place. And um, I kind of thought that the, um, obviously the restrictions have been lifted. And I think what it is, is a lot of people who didn't go away in the summer, uh, are now making up for it by going on half term breaks. And if you've got the money for it, then good luck to you. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, it's not something I've been able to sort of get myself organised to do yet. Um, I, I won't be going anywhere abroad, I don't think till next year at least maybe Easter time. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, yeah, I've gone off track again, haven't I? I don't know why. Uh, this is because I've been teaching all day. I'm in a, in a very, very strange zone. Um, so get in touch um, with what you're doing either over half term. Let me know your reflections on last term and what your hopes and fears are for, for term two. Are you worrying about COVID? Are you seriously thinking that's going to change things or are you just plowing on? Um, are you going to get through to Christmas in one piece? Um, the dreaded Christmas word has already been mentioned by advertisers and everywhere you go. So we get no respite from it. There's no, oh, let's tell the kids a week before it's Christmas. This, this is a hard hitting media campaign to raise, well, to get people to spend money, but also to raise um, the issue in people's minds and get them panic buying. Then you've got Black Friday, of course, which then uh, makes it even more um, intense. Uh, but anyway, again, I digress and I apologise. So we'll have a quick ad break, I think, while I gather my thoughts. And like, like I said, we've got about another 10 minutes left. If you want to call in or message me about anything we've talked about today um, related to what Lucy said or not, then, of course, be my guest if you want to get a mug. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. 
Essential letters and sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people-pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the MALCPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course? Or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the Assertive Leadership and the Emotionally Intelligent Leader courses? All MALCPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. Okay, thanks for that. Um, our message as usual, thank you to all our advertisers and sponsors. Again, we couldn't do uh, any of this show without their uh, support um, and uh, constant in- encouragement. Um, and yeah, and, and be able to give out free mugs and things like that, which is um, how we can do that stuff. So thank you to those people. Um, right, so it's just coming up to nearly 20 past five. We're nearly out of time. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I certainly enjoyed having you all with me. Um, on this Thursday afternoon. Um, apologies for no show last week. If any of you are regular listeners uh, had childcare issues that could not be moved um, for once. Normally I manage it, but I couldn't last week. So apologies for that. Um, I will be now on regularly, hopefully every week now, all the way through up to Christmas. Uh, I've got a few guests coming in, uh, which I won't announce yet, but I've got a few people who have contacted me to say they would like to be in touch, um, speak to me. Uh, on the show so I'm kind of sketching those out but if you know someone or you are indeed a listener uh, now that thinks you're not really happy to do a live call in and be kind of off the cuff but you would like to have a bit more of an organized interview where I can send you the questions in advance and you can talk in a kind of less live way if you like then be my guest let me know send me a message uh, on the chat now if you want to or you can contact me on on uh, my Twitter handle, which is at Tripitaka74. I'll just put that in the um, text function now. Um, and yeah, if you if you if you give me a DM on there, or message me. And if if you've got a topic you really want to to join on me, then let me know, and, and I'll put you as a guest. Alternatively, if you don't really want to be a guest, but there's a topic you want to know more about, then also again, let me know now. Message me now, or text me, or um, send me th- something on Twitter uh, if you think, oh, actually, I really would like Teach Talk Radio to, to talk about this. And then what I can do is I can try and find a guest or a writer or um, a deputy head or a head teacher or a teacher, anyone that I feel that I can reach out to uh, through Twitter that can um, that maybe have the expertise that you're looking for. Because, again, this is an interactive station. Uh, it's Although you can download it as a podcast, the idea of Teach Talk Radio is we are live. Um, anybody can join in at any time by clicking call in. 
Uh, we want this to be an organic process. We want Teacher Talk Radio to grow. Uh, all the shows are different. If you haven't listened to anybody else's shows, I, I advise you strongly to do that because as much as my I think my show is super, there are some unbelievable shows out there as well um, that are just reflective of the diverse um, presenters we've got on, on Teacher Talk Radio. There's loads of different uh, types of hosts that do lots of different types of shows and topics. Um, and obviously, I, I'm only one voice within that group. There's about 48, I think, or 45 hosts now, which is incredible. So a little shout out to all of those hosts out there. Well done uh, for keeping it going. I'm just having a quick look at the schedule because obviously that changes uh, from time to time. Uh, I know Kate is was off on holiday, so I'm not doubly sure when she's back so i don't want to promote that show but kate jones normally has a show tomorrow morning i've got to finish she's still on holiday um but after me there is the um the lovely leanne lax with the twilight show and then later on is genevieve ben or holly who take turns on their show and then stacy ray's normally tonight at 10 and then we've got shows obviously all weekend coming up we've got our new hosts um we've got atlanta we've got emma williams joining us soon uh, joe hammond and Jane Manzone. Um, so loads and loads of um, new hosts coming through the system. So please support them. Use the Podbean app uh, and, yeah, get tuned into their shows and get joining the conversation. So in summary, um, what I'm saying is get in touch, really, um, bluntly, because if you let us know what you want us to talk about, we can do that. And if you've got a burning debate you want to thrash out and argue with someone, we can also do that. Um, from wherever you're listening. And I, I know today I've had a, quite a few listeners from all over the world, which is also fab, considering I'm just sat in my little um, box room here um, in London, feeling sometimes disconnected from society in this world that we live and technology and COVID. Um, but yeah, having all these messages from you guys across the world really does make it all feel a little bit smaller. So yeah, I hope you've all had a good half term. And I hope that everyone's feeling refreshed. I think sleep is probably the first thing people get done, um, which is also very always overdue. Um, and then maybe you've been able to catch up and give yourself some love um, because that is also important as well, just to do little things, whether it's going to get your hair cut, um, little things like that, which seems silly to people who are not teachers. But I think for us, because we, uh, we're so busy in term time, little things we get to do for ourselves um, give ourselves a bit of self-love um, that is always um, welcome I was just thinking that actually of Nathan who is one of our um, other hosts and he he sent me a message on well he sent a message on Twitter the other day I was just trying to find it because it was actually quite funny um, about what he was um, feeling like from half term oh, I can't find it Nathan where is it I'm just having a look now. Sorry about this. I, I just thought it was very worth um, worth sharing. But basically, he 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 said something I can't remember now. I'm very annoyed. Nathan, if you're listening, please help me out. Um, it was something about something he'd done for himself, um, which you know he was talking about self love for teachers and how we have to look after ourselves. Oh, that's very annoying that I can't I can't find it. Um, oh, here we go. It was going to the hairdressers. Yeah, it felt a bit rubbish, went to the barbers, felt better, self-care works. So, yeah, so um, any anything like that where you can look after yourself 
uh, in these these times. Um, oh, and my one was that I went to the dry cleaners, which again meant it was a job that I'd had to do for so, so long. And just taking my suits to the dry cleaners means that'll be nice and nice and shiny when I start back after half term. And that's something I felt is a reflection of how worn down and tired you are when you're feeling a bit, oh, this suit needs to clean, all oh, my hair's too long, or oh, my nails aren't done. Not me, but other people perhaps. Um, and you just feel groggy, don't you? You just don't feel good. You don't feel on top of it. Um, and so, the, you know, half terms, holidays are about self-care. Even if you end up doing a bit of schoolwork, that's fine if that makes you feel better. But it's very, very important that you um, you catch up and you do things with your friends and your family and for yourself. Even if it's, that is just sitting, reading a book or going for a walk or walking your dogs or whatever people do. Do the things that make you happy because you will be a better teacher um, for that. Um, we all need a break, don't we? We all need to recharge, including our students. And I think we always come back lessons that classes that we might have wanted to like scream at almost with frustration. When you come back, you kind of think, oh, actually, they're all right. They're not too bad because we all get tired. So let me know. Um, last shout out now for reflections on last term. Anything you think you learned a lesson from and last shout out for hopes and fears for term two. We don't want to talk about COVID, but it is, it is there still. We can't ignore it. Um, we're all hoping that it's not going to, um, you know, spike up again. But there is inevitability to that. I think that it is going to happen. But obviously we're double vaccinated, which is great. But um, it's the kids, the kids that are, are we're worrying about now and bubbles and sending them home. And of course, a lot of students and or people under 12 or under 13 um, haven't been vaccinated, have they? So that's also another complication to it all. But anyway, I don't really want to talk about COVID. I want to just hope, touch wood, fingers crossed, everything crossed that um, we can keep it at bay as best we can, even though, of course, goes without saying there are still people dying every day, which is still horrendous and goes just under the radar, doesn't it? We've kind of got used to those numbers now. Um, so, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to anyone who has lost anyone from COVID the last two years, nearly 18 months, um, and anyone who's ill. So try and get yourself hopefully sorted out. Um, okay. God, that got a bit heavy, didn't it? Right. Well, I think we'll probably call it a day there. Um, I think I've done everything I need to do. I mentioned next week's show, uh, we will be live at four o'clock. Shout it out to everybody else who's got a show coming up. So don't go away from Teacher Talk Radio. If you missed my interview with Lucy uh, earlier, you missed out a fantastic uh, chat there about the course that the University of Arts of London offers in performance. Um, so if you're a drama teacher or a performing arts teacher, check that out. It's very worth looking at. And yes, yeah, so if you missed that, of course, you can now download this on Spotify and also on the Podbean app, you can listen back. And on our website, www.ttradio.org, you can listen. There's a listen back function where you can listen back to shows from the past. You can do a binge, binge listen if you fancy doing all my shows in one night or you want to listen to uh, other people's shows. Uh, Tom's shows, Nathan's shows, whoever you fancy listening to, they're all on there somewhere. The links should all be on the website. Um, and as always, like I say, keep uh, keep in touch, keep telling people about us, um, and let's let's keep Teachers Talk Radio going because I think we would all agree that it's it's been a real big success. Um, and shout out to Tom for and Mal and everyone else, the executive team who started this all up. I feel proud and privileged to be part of it. 
and long may it continue. So I'm going to call it a day there, um, unless I get a caller in the next 30 seconds. Um, look after yourselves, take care, um, and hope the rest of your week is super, super fun and that you're doing some good stuff um, that will keep you relaxed and um, looking after yourself before we get into term two, uh, otherwise known as the long slog, uh, the winter slog, the Christmas running, um, the deathly term, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's a, it's, this is a hard one coming up, guys, so make sure you're ready for it. But then get through to Christmas and it's um, Christmas party time and then we start afresh. And I always find that those terms after that are a lot more manageable. Okay, so that's it from me today. Uh, thanks for joining me on Teacher Talk Radio. Um, joining me next week at same time, same place, Thursday at four on the drive home with me, Seb. Um, adios, amigos. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.